Steve Grimmett, welcome to Talking the Talk. It is seriously, I'm not lying, an honor to talk to you. No problem at all, my boy. No problem at all. I grew up, you know, a metalhead for the past 30 years. I'm 46 years old now, and it's over 30 years. And Grim Reaper's See You in Hell, that album was one of those records that by the time I got it, it was probably mid-80s, you know, like 86 or so, 87. Mainly because what I thought was funny is I'd seen the video for Rocky to Hell, and I actually thought it was on See You in Hell, so I went and bought See You in Hell on accident. And one of the things I remember the most is that even though you were part of this British movement, there was something about Grim Reaper that kind of stood apart from the rest of the bands. Like it was a little more, I don't know, if, if it's you know, rough around the edges, kind of street, kind of, it, 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 am I too often describing it no, that no. way? You're spot on. <laughs> Basically, I mean, you know, people are saying, well, you know, you're still doing Steve Grimmett's Grim Reaper stuff, you know, and it's still sounding like, you know, the old stuff. And I'm like, because that's how I like it. You know, mm-hmm. I like it to be rough. I like it to be raunchy and on the edge. And, and you know, long may that reign. I, I thoroughly enjoy that kind of music and I thoroughly enjoy writing it and recording it. So, you know, uh, and 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 that's where you go with it, you know, mm-hmm. because that's what you like. And and people say to me, well, how do you get how do you get it to sound like that? Well, it's because it's all recorded old school. Mm-hmm. It's nothing electronic about it. OK, it goes into a computer now rather than to its tape. Right. But it, it, it's it's recorded the same way. You know, the drums are mic'd up. The bass it doesn't go through anything. It goes through a proper amplifier mm-hmm. and it's, it's um, mic'd up. The cab is mic'd up as as the uh, guitar is too, mm-hmm. and it and that's how it is. That's how you create these sounds. You know, I mean, I mean, I've got my own recording studio. It it's never really what I call busy, mm-hmm. but it, <laughs> because people are doing it in their bedroom. But I defy them. To, to say well yeah well it's it yeah it sounds great but it's got no feeling right it, it, don't, it doesn't move me because it has no feeling mm-hmm. and that's the, the only way of doing that is by recording it in a studio and everything mic'd up and played and it's got to be done that way I actually had a friend of mine who's a musician um, and one of the things he told me he said you know he said this day and age the good news is that anybody can make an album and the bad news is that anybody can make an album (laughs) yeah exactly it's absolutely right and and, you know I struggle with that uh, you know trying to fill my studio up because people say well why should I spend sort of five grand because why should I spend five grand in your studio when I can do it for nothing in my own home? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you're never going to have, as, uh, in my opinion, and I'm not touting for work. In my opinion, it will never do anything because it's soulless. You know, mm-hmm. it's simple as that. Well, you know, it's funny because even with my band, like we were talking about this with the last um, album that we made. You know, we went into a proper studio here in Atlanta to make our album and. In the past, I was an acoustic performer, so I made all my stuff at home. And one of the things that I noticed was that as much as I loved recording at home, there was something really special about handing that task over to somebody else so that I could just be the musician. Yes, it's it's handing over that uh, responsibility. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't like doing that these days. And it's just, you know, have bands come in or I've had a few bands come in thinking they know it all <laughs> and they can't play in time, you know, and it's just like, what the hell are you doing? You know, that's a basic, that's a basic requirement of what you do, mm-hmm. playing time with one another to start with, but playing in time to a click and you can't do it. So it's just, well, I don't know. I don't know what the world's coming to. I think they think they can do all these things and it's just never going to happen because they, you know, they, they, well, I do better in my in my bedroom. Well, go and do it then, you know, because it ain't going anywhere. I not, always not. say it's just, it, it's an experience that everyone of any kind of level of being a musician should at least experience once. 
you know, going into the studio. Because once you do, it's almost like, I don't know, it's like swimming or anything else that the first time you try it, you're like, oh, that was great. I want to do that again, you know? And I demo here at the house, you know, my house. I have a little, I have a little basement studio here, you know, and I, you know, I cut some, you know, acoustic, you know, EPs and whatnot here. But man, if I really want to get the feeling of my band and really get that across, like we need to be in a studio, like, because, you know, you've got the high, everything from the, you know, the soundproofing to the ceiling height to, you know, like they've got it all worked out. There's a reason why they get paid to do that, you know? <laughs> of course, exactly right. And it's, it's, it's so frustrating, you know, I mean, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly good friends with the, the owner of my label. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he's, he likes gives, he gives minimum amounts of money out for these guys to do their album and i'm saying why do you do that why do you why do you well he says because i can and i get a cheap album and they make some money but in reality they don't because they wouldn't be selling anywhere near enough albums to Mm -hmm. repay and to recoup their album you know it's i don't know i just i get really frustrated with the whole thing really and it's just like well okay that's fine (laughs) (laughs) so last year you put out uh at the gates and that album you know i i I get so much music to listen to every year you know just throughout the year you know because of my blog and whatnot and for some reason it just kind of slipped through the cracks but i revisit i visited that album probably about a month or two ago and not only was i blown away by just the songwriting was fantastic, but what I loved is that it seems to pick, almost pick up, you know, the, the well, not just at the gates, but the previous one as well, almost yeah. seemed to pick up like where Rock You to Hell left off because it's that same vibe and yeah. that same kind of energy. And surprisingly, it didn't sound much different as far as like, because even though the production was really good, it sounded consistent. <laughs> Was that yeah. kind of was that kind of hard to kind of capture that that consistency of a sound that you know you had thirty something years ago? Yeah, yes, it was. You know, uh, but we were especially with walking in shadows, the one um, uh, before. Right. Uh, it was a conscious effort to sound like Grim Reaper, and uh, it, it was difficult from day one basically it was difficult to write it was difficult to record just because i i, I really wanted the next album the fourth album and, and i think we really did that and then with at the gates it was a little right okay let's let's let go of the reins a bit mm-hmm. still keep it grim reaper but let's you know let's show them show people what we can do um and basically that's what we did I mean, because it was so great to hear that. And, you know, and at the gates, one of the things that really drew me in was lyrically. Grim Reaper always had songs that I thought were just really fun lyrically, you know, like Dead on Arrival, See You in Hell. Just all those songs were just great lyrically and just fun. But with at the gates, there was kind of this uh, like a darker undertone you know coming off of the um incident that you had where you know you had to have your leg amputated and the song at the gates for me really kind of grabbed me and shook me a little bit am i correct in saying that or assuming that that might have been your experience kind of being closed in in the hospital and whatnot and yeah it was the whole thing Really, mm-hmm. The whole album is kind of loosely based around that. At the Gates is certainly uh, more or less how I felt whilst I was in hospital because basically, you know, I was I was inches away from death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and coming through that, getting through that, and then getting through or making it positive so it worked in my favor you know it was right okay i'm not giving up because i i'm not ready to give up yet Mm -hmm. so i had half an hour's internet free internet a day Mm -hmm. that i spent 
talking to my family uh, on in rotation and then the other half of it was spent right okay how can i do this started to look up prosthetics started to look up how i could drive a car blah 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 you know all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and uh, and that kept me entertained because i was downloading and then reading it at later date because i had no entertainment whatsoever right uh, no tv uh, no communication with with many people because you know they all spoke Spanish. I didn't speak Spanish and they didn't speak English. Right. So, in, you know, for the first three weeks I was in hospital, it was it was that was how it was until my wife joined me, and um, yeah. So it, it was, uh, and basically that that you know that's what at the gates is about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about my. The way I felt, the way I handled it, the way um, it was all out of my hands, and, and it was, you know. I mean, it was like I needed, I needed uh, how many? Blood, I think I had like two blood transfusions as well, mm-hmm. and it was just like I didn't want it, but there was no way was I ever gonna live without it. Right, and that's something else that mo- most people don't know. Um, we uh, we found out that I needed blood, and uh, basically the, the British Embassy were part and parcel of of helping me out. Uh, got it onto the radio stations, the ra- ra- rock radio stations out in uh, Guayaquil, mm-hmm. and we had sixty uh, guys come in to donate blood. Oh wow! I know, yeah. So I've got a special tie to Guayaquil in Ecuador. Um, <laughs> You know, real, real blood brothers, and uh, yeah, if it wasn't for them, I, I certainly would be pushing up daisies right now. But it's um, it that's that's the whole mentality of of metal. You mm-hmm. know, I've sort of slightly got off track there, but you know, that's that's how it is, and that's how um, uh, at the gates and, and a lot of other songs on the album. Uh, 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 derived you know it's just basically that whole experience well you know it's so funny because of course you know being a fan i was watching all of this unfold online and you you know i mean i'm not gonna lie that you know when you're a fan of a band and this particular artist like you know you feel this special connection and watching you go through this was kind of heartbreaking because my first thought was like this is horrible thing to go through and then my other selfish thought was like i'm never going to get to see him live if he does so so but but to watch you kind of emerge from it you know and you had such a positive and such a strong um attitude about it you know coming back to the stage with the prosthetic and with the cane and really and almost kind of integrating the cane into the show you know what i mean which i loved yeah even that you know i i i they are nhs uh walking sticks i have Mm -hmm. um and uh, i painted them black i sprayed them black you know just to just to make it a little bit more metal you know um but uh and now I wear kilts because it's just it's just so easy for me to wear those on stage. And um, every time I change the, the 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 socket that my stump goes into, mm-hmm. that changes. Um, uh, they put well, without going into a huge amount of detail. They put in t-shirts for me. They actually inlay t-shirts. Uh-huh. For me the outside of it so uh, when i change it you know the fans get a look at it <laughs> <laughs> so it's easy to put a kilt on to 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 lift up your under to lift up your, your kilt to show everybody <laughs> but, you know, um, <laughs> so yeah that, but i do that because you know they're mostly you know part of it you know because they all uh kept uh, in touch over the internet they uh they were donating money because that was another thing you know i had um apparently i had the wrong insurance mm-hmm. and, uh you uh it was uh, it was working insurance but i wasn't behind a desk mm. so they make up the excuses don't they when they don't want to pay out so um you know the the my manager then and my wife started a 
uh, GoFundMe page mm-hmm. um, to basically get me out of hospital because I think it was about forty-two thousand dollars that it cost whilst I was in there, and uh, that met that. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was a few thousand dollars left over, and I bought stuff that I needed to help me. You know, I, I bought an electric uh, scooter mm-hmm. and stuff like that that helped out, but. Um, yeah, so it it the whole thing was just everybody was uh, got mixed up in this whole thing, you know, and 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 then of course I did then because we cancelled a load of shows, right? And um, we started off with Bang Your Head in Germany, which is a, a massive festival. Yes, and, um, the stage was split into two. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lower level and obviously a higher level. And I stayed on the higher level because I wasn't sure about walking down the stairs, but mm-hmm. uh, to get onto the front. But the last song we do is See You in Hell. And um, I uh, decided I was going to go down to the front because there was this big walkway out into the crowd as mm-hmm. well. And I had my wife help me down the stairs. And then I started to walk towards the front of the stage. The crowd got noisier and noisier and noisier. And and it reduced me to tears, I've got to say. And it was just like that that's the love that we got and that we share in 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 the music that we love. And and like I say, you could see everybody got wrapped up in what happened to me mm-hmm. and they were seeing what I promised them. You know, I will be back, and and it was it was something else. I will never forget that as long as I live, and it, and it made uh, the struggle worthwhile. You know, so uh, yeah, I would go through it all again. <laughs> you know what? And there, there's something beautiful about like what you said about this kind of community and this kind of you know, metalheads is definitely a subculture within within you know other cultures i always yeah. believe that yeah. that we're just kind of our own countercultural experience you know what i mean like we all kind of live in this little world together we're all kind of outcasts and you know we all knew what it was like to be each other and yeah. to, to see people just totally go out and you know really help each other out is something that's super inspiring and Another thing I felt really inspired about with you was about how open you've been with your mental health. And, you know, I I personally have some mental health issues myself. You know, I've got ADD and bipolar and anxiety. I'm basically a psychiatrist's dream come true. But um, (laughs) but. I've noticed that more and more people are being more open about it. And with you being more open about it, are, are you kind of hoping that maybe it helps to break down the stigma for others to be open about it as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I didn't do it for any other reason at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reason was I wanted to let people know if they met me and I was off, the reason why I was off, you know, mm-hmm. because I still suffer with uh, PTSD. Um, mm-hmm. That was through losing my leg. Um, I also uh, I'm still on um, antidepressants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny, actually. I was saying to the wife, the last couple of days I felt really happy and back on my game, you know. So it, it, it doesn't last forever, providing <laughs> you uh, make the effort to check yourself in. You know, and and but I wanted to let's say I, I really wanted people to know how I felt, in case you know they met me one day and I was having an off day, and you know I didn't want them to to walk away thinking I was an asshole, and, and <laughs> you know, and I, I truly meant that, you know. But right. of course, opening up, it it made the whole thing. Uh, <sighs> I, I, it it touched a few raw nerves, certainly mm-hmm. with the um, a lot of the replies I had from the posts I was making, and uh, you know where people say you know if it wasn't for your music I I I would be dead and all that and it's just like you know what how fantastic is that mm-hmm. I now know why I was put on this earth you know to help people like that um, through my music you know and. Um, 
uh, long may it continue, you know? There was something about metal music that was always an escape for me. Like, you know, Iron Maiden could take you into parts of history, you know, and, and paint a picture for you. Or like Dio could put you into this more of like a cosmic realm where, you know, it was kind of like a fantasy yep. land. You know, yep. Grim Reaper would just make you just be like, fuck it all. And just, you yep. know, you know, bounce around in your room and headbang. <laughs> so yeah. there's yeah. there's that feeling that music is so cathartic and healing. And I, I look to you and I go, that must be what you're feeling as you continue on to make music. I do. I, I when when I write, uh, it's always with the fans in mind. You know, would they like this? Would they get up and start singing it? You know, mm-hmm. blah blah. blah is it anthemic and all that sort of stuff and it so so when i write yes it's with them in mind i mean the early days of grim reaper um you know we got absolutely slated in the states for for being uh devil worshippers and, and all that sort of shit mm-hmm. and we couldn't understand that because all it was was somebody out of the bible the name grim reaper you know he's one of the four horsemen mm-hmm. and uh which lend lent itself to great artwork and the songs were five minute or four three and a half to five minute songs uh and we compared them to um hammer house of horrors you know <laughs> yes just telling a story you know and and we couldn't understand why we were being slated so much and it was just like what you're gonna be kidding me you know i mean it, uh, and people go on about well what about see you in hell you know well actually if you read the lyrics do you understand the lyrics it's actually about the temptation of christ mm-hmm. <laughs> like okay and then the, the other one was uh, dead on arrival i mean nobody obviously no well the people that were interviewing us didn't understand the lyrics didn't know what was going on because that was about one of my best friends who died on a motorway in england mm-hmm. you know and it's just like oh, come on but anyway you know we survived <laughs> well you know and it's funny because to kind of go uh, you know echo back to what you were talking about is that you know you guys were releasing See You in Hell right around that time that whole satanic panic was happening, especially in the States. Yeah. And that was such an unfortunate time because, like you said, like everything was a target. Like if you had a skull on your album, you were satanic. You know? And like if you had the word death or dead or hell, you, you were satanic, you know. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. It really was. I mean, through a, a Facebook friend. Uh, I found out that uh, her preacher was going to take us to court and do a, a you know, a, a Black Sabbath come Judas Priest thing on us. And it was only because Black Sabbath and Judas Priest walked out of the the, the um, courtroom uh, with their he- heads held high that mm-hmm. I think he dropped it. You know, and it was just like, well, what? You just don't get it, do you? You just don't get it. Um, but hey-ho, we're still here. <laughs> well, you know, and th- th- that's, it's so great because, you know, I was really looking forward to the North American tour and seeing you and obviously, you know, we, you know, it had to be canceled and postponed yeah. or whatever. Um, one of the things I have been talking about with, you know, the musicians that I admire is, especially with the situation we're in now with the, you know, the, the shelter in place and things like this, like, how do you envision the return of music and live performances? Because obviously this is all going to change everything, you know, dramatically. Um, I don't know if it will. I, I really don't. I, because people still want to go to live concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I think more so, I think more people to turn up to be perfectly honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we have fairly good uh, turnouts everywhere we play, but I, I, I'm sure that most of them this time around will be sold out. Because mm-hmm. uh, we asked it, we're, I'm still uh, talking to my agent about uh, coming back mm-hmm. or, or 
rescheduling. We're not, we, you know, the tour wasn't can Well, it was cancelled. It was postponed. But um, you know, we are coming back, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I don't know. I just, I, just, I do think it's going to be. I, th I just think it's going to be better than it ever was. That's such a great outlook on it because you know I, I actually made a post on Facebook one day not after the you know not long after we were all in quarantine I said you know when this shit's over if my band's first gig after all this is not packed I'm gonna be pissed <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> like, come. I exactly yeah it, it, uh, yes exactly and uh, and I think and I do think um, that it's that's definitely gonna be happening mm -hmm. because people will now appreciate the fact that they are at the moment stuck indoors and it's just like okay when we when we get our freedom back we should be t taking a bit more more of it in you know mm -hmm. but I, I mean i don't know whether that's going to happen or not but i hope it will and i'm sure it will but you know and I think, we'll see. yeah, and I think maintaining that glass half full mentality, if, you know, that optimism, is very yeah. important because, you know, as a musician myself, and you know, you don't want to just buckle down and say, oh, you know, it's never going to happen. Like we have to kind of hold on to the idea and the hope that this yeah. is going to return because this is what makes us happy. This is what this yeah. is how we help people and how we you know offer our services yeah absolutely I, I i couldn't agree more and i i do think we're gonna see i don't think we'll ever see the 80s again with turn-ups uh, 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 for shows like the 80s mm -hmm. but i am absolutely convinced it's going to be better than it was you know sort of like a year two years ago um and like I say i can't complain at turn-ups because we've always done well but, you know, I mean, this time around, I've got, uh, I'm going to be going to Japan with Grim Reaper. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be going to Australia and um, New Zealand. Uh, India, <laughs> funnily enough, has been poking its head up for, for the last few months. Um, so, and obviously the States, you know, we, we'll mm -hmm. be looking at another six to seven week tour in the States. So it's 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 all looking good. It's just all on the back burner at the moment, but it gives us time to actually plan it better. Right. Um, yes. You know, and and I and like I said, like I love the the whole optimism about you know behind it and the fact that you're not letting it go. But one of the things I love that you just said something about is that you, how you said it's never going to be the '80s again. You know. Um, but to kind of go back in time with you into the 80s, especially like in the early 80s, you know, 79, 80, 81, that was a really magical time for music in England. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like, did you, at the, even at that moment, did you know something big was about to happen or was it just kind of in its own bubble where you were just like, this is just where music is right now? No, I didn't. Um, we... The, the states became uh, a, a blaze for us because you know I had the record label phoning me at work while I was still you know still doing a, a day job. Uh, I was saying, "Are you going to come out on tour?" And I was like, "Well, um, yeah, I'd love to, but how are we going to pay for it? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that?" And they sort of set my mind at ease. So then I was like, right, okay, well, I'll, I'll go and have a chat with the guys, you know. So we had a meeting, and I said, well, look, this. And um, it was like, you know what, guys, we got to do this. We can't, we cannot not do this. And uh, and that was it. Bang, away it went. And then whilst we were out on tour, MTV put See You in Hell on on. I can't remember when it was, what time or whatever, but they put a questionnaire on after it mm -hmm. to say, do you want to see more of this sort of stuff? Because they were only going to play it once. Right. They got inundated with, we want more of this, basically. So we ended up on a maximum rotation, seven times a day, seven days a week, seven, four, seven weeks. That was the maximum rotation. And then we realized something was happening 
you know, and then that we were getting invited to do all sorts of stuff, you know, it was like Texas Jam and, and all that stuff. I mean, that was, we were asked, being asked for it then, but that was like two years, in two years' time. And, uh, but it was just like, I can't believe this is happening, you know, and then, then it was like, right, get another album done, get back out here on tour, get another album in, get out here on tour. Uh, the biggest problem with that was that we we were as big in in everywhere else apart from as well as the states but we never knew what was happening you know mm-hmm. europe was was a biggie we, we missed that but we've done we've done really well in europe since then and uh and then everywhere else you know so it's all gonna it's all gonna happen it's all it's brilliant it's fantastic so my hat off to everybody who's still in it for, for, for the metal, you know? You know, and of course there was that legendary tour where it was you guys and Halloween and Armored Saint. Like, that is a bill, like, I think would be so incredible to see revisited yeah. at some point. That tour also seemed to have some camaraderie to it. Was that the case with that tour? And do you also see something maybe possibly happening like that again? Yeah, we we've have we have talked about it um, and and the other bands, but we never seem to be. Well, to be quite honest with you, I think uh, apart from myself, nobody wants to do any long tours anymore. And, uh, <laughs> that's you know that's fine and dandy, but I do. So I don't think that'll ever happen. We may get to play a few shows together, mm-hmm. which. But I don't think it's ever going to happen that that it'll be a tour ever again, because um, we were all young and stupid then, you know, back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, because I think I think the Hell on Wheels tour was a seven week tour, I think. But yeah, it can be done, but it it, it would only be you know, very minimal uh, shows, unfortunately. But. Uh, you know, Grim Reaper, as far as I'm concerned, will do. Will carry on doing those six, seven week tours mm-hmm. as far as uh, as long as I can do it. You know, speaking of the Hell on Wheels tour, it's like you know, I I have watched that footage over and over again just because I you know I even had it on VHS when I was young, <laughs> younger. Yeah. yeah, and one of the things that always remind comes back to me as a metal fan is that over the years one of the things i've noticed dramatically change more than the music itself has been the audiences like i remember just going to metal shows and losing my fucking mind you know and pressed up against the stage and pumping your yeah. fists and headbanging until you got a neck ache but like now you seem to get people standing around with their phones in the air like how does that affect you and the, the the level of performance that you do now? And do you like? Would, do you miss those old days, those old crowds, and like that? Yeah, yeah, kind of. But I always, you know, you, you are always going to play on stage with a phone in your face nowadays. Unfortunately, <laughs> right, but. I will have a go at the crowd for doing that because I'm saying, look, you know, you've paid good money to come in here and see the band, and you're you're sat behind your phone. What the hell's going on? You know, and uh, and but they still do it. The only thing I don't like about it is when people have their uh, the um, uh, the the light on, you know, to to light up oh. the room. I fucking hate that. And it, <laughs> You know, when we finish a song and somebody's still recording, I say, "Look, can you turn your can you turn your light off? Mm-hmm. I don't mind you videoing it, but turn your light off because I can't see anything. You know, and being disabled, uh, I could trip over a lead or anything, and then you know, show's over. So I do ask them to switch their lights off, um, uh, so I can see basically. But um, you're not going to stop it from happening." It's going to continue now until people get bored with it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's funny because, I, like I said, like I totally miss those days where there wasn't that kind of distraction. Now, every now and then I'll 
take my phone out and take a picture or do a clip of a video, mainly just to, like put up on my blog or on my Instagram for my readers. But, you know, like I kind of miss that whole like being at a show and there was nothing to do but just watch the band. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is like why everybody just went fucking crazy at shows. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's it is. It, it, you know, it always sort of. Um, I don't know. I just don't. I, you know, for, to stand there with your phone in the air for for an hour and a half, it's just like you're not going to enjoy the show. You can't. Um, but you know, because I've talked to people after the show, I said, "Why do you do that?" Well, so, so I can watch it when I get home, and da 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 da. da. And I said, "Yeah, but you'll end up posting it as well, won't you?" Well, yeah. And I said, "And and part of what I do is a surprise, uh-huh. right? It, you, know, you know, you don't know what songs are coming, but when you do, when you filmed it, and then you post it the next day, or even that night, people are going to know what's coming next." And I said, "And that's you know, that's taking away part of the show." Um, you know, because I, I I get asked most of the time, "Oh, can I have a, a set list before you start?" No, no, you're not having a, <laughs> but you're not having a set list because it's going to spoil the show. You know, when you don't know what's coming, how, how, you know, and 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 I surprise you with something, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? And and it, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love have, that. You know, I love uh, that element of surprise, like what you were talking about. You know, like when we were kids in the 80s and we were going to metal shows, we had no fucking clue what anybody's going to, you know, we had no idea what Maiden was going to open with on the, you know, the Seventh Sun tour. We had no idea what Halloween was going to open up with or whatever, like Anthrax. Like you just showed up at the show and whatever the first song was, you lost your fucking mind. And then, you know, just song after song, you would just be, like you said, surprised. And maybe sometimes you didn't get the song you wanted to hear or maybe you got songs that you didn't think would be played. But like, why take away that element, you know? Exactly, and that and that sort of comes across a bit more uh, playing Reaper stuff now because there was three albums that that you know three original albums mm-hmm. that I had to, that we have to pick songs from, and then two new ones, and you know it becomes it starts to get difficult as to what songs we want to play, and uh, you know because people shout out all sorts of you know, probably the songs that you're you're never going to play but um the 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 ones that we got asked to do or shouted at to do uh was dead on arrival and the show must go on and two of my favorites we'd we'd never played the show must go on live ever until a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. uh we thought well let's give it a try see what happens you know if nobody likes it then nobody likes it but they do. They absolutely love it, and and the same with uh, Dead on Arrival. So, you. But then we had to lose another couple of songs, you know. And it's just like, what do you do? That, hey, that's the way it goes. <laughs> well, you know, kind of one of the things I love what you said was about you know you know you have the first three classic you know Grim Reaper albums, and then you've got yeah. the two Steve Grimmett's Grim Reaper albums. As far as like, I always look at something like that and go, that must be so hard to make a set list for. But like, what is one song that you look at and you see it on the set list every night and you're like, I can't wait to play that one? <laughs> it's not one of mine. It, it's um, Don't Talk to Strangers by Dio. I absolutely, I, I, I absolutely adore Dio. And, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fantastic. It, it, this stuff is just beguiles me and um we do say this version of don't talk to strangers and uh i always look forward to doing that one uh don't get me wrong i do love doing all my own songs but that one means something different to me uh, and uh i love doing it because we just recently a few i got together with nick bocott um steve stein guitarist and a, a, a drummer joel and Brian, bass player, we did uh, a cover of Heaven and Hell, and uh, and that's gone. I think it's uh, around uh, 
450,000 views so far, which is stunning for, for a, a metal band. Um, we always did have plans to do another song, uh-huh. maybe two or three. And uh, so we've already got the next one on the boil. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So we'll see how that goes. And, uh, maybe we'll do another one on top of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you heard much of your influence in some newer heavy metal bands because there's one in particular that sticks out for me as a band called Savage Master that actually yes. toured with you guys. They're from Kentucky. Yes. Um, how does it feel when you hear a band like that that's got a very distinct Grim Reaper influence? It 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 it's cool. To be fair, it's really cool mm-hmm. because you know, they've taken the time. Well, that's kind of what we want to sound like. And uh, and Stacy's really good, you know. She's a great vocalist. Um, we've actually played with them, well, they've played with us, and um, you know they're a great bunch of guys and loving playing their music. You know, it's and that's what it's about. They are they are typically well, they're a new band, but their their hearts are set in the eighties. You know, mm-hmm. they're enjoying it for all the right reasons, um, and I take my hat off to them. You know. Um, yeah, it's cool. There are a few bands out there like that, um, but not many, uh, which is a, a shame. You know, but, the, there was a really decent like resurgence, at, or a, I should say, that where metal, classic metal, had kind of a renaissance. You know, where they've been new bands that kind of come out under the tag of new wave of traditional heavy metal, and you know, where you got you have bands like Widow and Striker and. Great band. Yeah, Holy Grail, White Wizard bands like that. And so to me, it was really cool to hear young bands playing music that I grew up listening to. Yeah. Yeah. You, you wouldn't believe the amount of, of um, people that cover See You in Hell. I get sent two, two videos every week. Oh, check this out. You know, we, we did this for you. You know, it's like, fuck (laughs) you know they're teenagers but they're playing songs that are nearly 40 years old (laughs) is that part of what makes you what fuels you when you see things like that it it does in a way but the reason that i carry on doing it to be quite honest is because i love it and that is all i can say about it it's in my blood and uh, uh, until I physically cannot do it, I'm going to carry on doing it, you know. And and I think, you know, once I physically can't do the touring anymore, um, I shall still produce albums, I should imagine. But, uh, yeah, it, it's great as long as I can still sing. You know, that's that's pretty much how I think about it. If, if I start, what I won't do, uh, because there are a lot of bands around that their vocalists are um, wasted. They're mm-hmm. no good anymore. And they're taking a lot of money from people. And mm-hmm. and, and these people are turning up thinking they're going to get, you know, the, the show from the 80s or whatever. And it's diabolical. <laughs> Kiss. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. <laughs> I mean, it, I totally agree because as 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 a fan, I don't want to go to a show and hear someone either lip sync to a, a tape or have their voice just be completely blown to smithereens. You know, like at at that point, you, you know, not to sound like a unappreciative fan or a curmudgeon, but. I would rather my last memories of you be great, uh, you know, yeah. that you were a great singer and that you were a great band, as opposed to, wow, like you, you're way past your expiration date at this point. Yeah, I, and that that never happened because I'll know that I can't do it anymore, and and then I will announce why. You know, it, it'll be you know I'm not I'm not doing, I'm not coming out touring. I'm giving it up because I cannot sing anymore. Um, and you know I, I won't be cheating you of your money 
I mean, Bon Jovi is still doing that, and he can't sing a fucking note in tune. And, uh, <laughs> you are so right. <laughs> and why does he do it? You know, no, because he must at some point listen back to that, you know, a live, a live recording and think, fuck, you know. But he, he must think, well, I'll still keep taking their money if they're, you know, if they're uh, prepared to pay it out, you know, but mm-hmm. I won't do that. I just will not do that. Well, That's it's- that there, and it's it's a shit trick, you know. Well, it's also... <sighs> it's a loss of integrity and you know you know a good example is you know i mean obviously growing up in the 80s i was a huge ozzy fan loved ozzy you know you know i mean ozzy is a legend when he called it quits in what 92 is when he did this little retirement he did his retirement tour like i just remembered him he was so good he was so yeah. full of energy. Like the set list was amazing. He was amazing. Everything about it was great. But then he came back, and I remember it not being as good. And then with every passing year, it just, you know, it just made me go, I wish the last I would have heard of you would have been 92. You know what I mean? <laughs> Instead of hearing yeah. you just barely yeah. make it. But I guess, I guess in a way, because he doesn't need the money. Right. You know? must be in his blood for him to carry on doing it and that's okay but you know see the way i think about ozzy he's he's probably my my favorite uh, i want to say singer but he's not is he but he's my favorite front man of all time mm-hmm. i've seen that guy walk out on stage and go you know and, and he could go trash this place and it'll happen mm-hmm. you know he's he knows what it's all about he knows how to front a band right and there's nobody else like him around i i may come a uh, close i won't say second or third but you know i know <laughs> I love it i know how to uh, uh manipulate an audience i know how to do it it comes naturally and that's that's one thing you know that that that's why I think he's the best because it's totally natural mm-hmm. totally and um, so it doesn't look like we're going to get any more of him anyway does it uh, with this uh, uh, dementia thing yeah. which is a shame it's sad yeah he went out he went out on a uh, you know on a high so that's that's really cool um, but uh <laughs> We're losing many, many more of them, aren't we? They're all dying off. <laughs> you know, probably about, um, oh, I'd say maybe six years ago, I interviewed Wolf Hoffman from Accept. Uh, and yeah. one of the things we were talking about was just the longevity of bands like, you know, Accept and Maiden and Priest and whatnot. And he, and he said, you know, he said, us older guys are a little concerned sometimes because he was like, we don't know where the next maiden or the next priest or the next grim reaper or the next accept is going to happen. Maybe it won't happen at all, you know? And he was like, so what happens when you guys can't do it anymore, you know? And so is, is that kind of a concern of yours at all or do you kind of see the ability there for someone to come in and fly the flag for you there's there's always that you know there's always somebody who who is better than you or younger i'd say younger more than the more than better mm-hmm. but it's uh it certainly is <laughs> do you know what i, I don't know what I, I tell you how I see this is like because it's it's happening in the UK, you know, there's not not what I call really good top notch singers. There's some great singers around, mm-hmm. but not top notch. And it's just like you know, I see uh, David Coverdale. You know, I mean, he's in his seventies, mm-hmm. and and you know, we're going to end up with none of these guys. And it's going to you know, I'm sixty now. And, and and I'm going to end up being one of the top-notch singers at some point because all the other buggers have died off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I still put you up there, to be honest. But, yeah, you're, you're humble. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's 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 a good thing though. Still, you know, I love it, and I always will do. There's there's something I get, you know, if I go and see a concert and I haven't played in a while, it 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 boils my blood because mm-hmm. I want to be up there doing it, you know. So, and that's a pain in the ass at the moment, you know, having to. That was the worst thing I've I've ever had to do was cancel cancel the uh, or postpone the the US tour that was uh, a real hard decision and it it still bugs me now you know have I done the right thing you know but I mean it's it's just not I, I can see us being in semi lockdown at least until August September mm-hmm. and and you know that's going to be no good uh, for doing the tour so I think I've made the right decision uh, with my agent and uh, we're uh, like I say we're planning to do it again mm-hmm. next year so you know all I know is that we can just look forward you know live in the now do the best we can and just hope for a you know a, a better future for it but you know with folks like you i'll be honest it's inspiring it keeps me happy knowing that you're out there still making music and steve it has been awesome to talk to you i feel like i could talk to you all fucking day <laughs> well look you're a great guy man and i really appreciate you taking the time to talk today and um like i said it's been an honor man you're 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 you know such an important part of my you know my metal journey i should say so yeah Yeah, well thanks for letting me be that you know at the end of the day you know i will be out there touring so let's meet up and have a few beers together show i'll get first round okay cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you so much, Steve. We really, I really appreciate it. No problem at all. No problem at all, Dom.